the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 1220, KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Yeah. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, retirement, and more. Don't be shy. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Anything. I try to pride myself on that. Uh, we'll see if I can pull it off on a day-by-day basis, but I try to pride myself on it. Stock market and the bond market enjoyed what they heard from the Fed yesterday. And the markets moved higher yesterday, and the markets started higher today. Um Stock market basically got everything that it wanted from the Fed. You know how you would love for your spouse to tell you that you're wonderful looking, still as sexy as you used to be, uh, all that in a bucket of chicken. Yesterday we got a hike of 25 basis points that was attributed to the economy. We got an expectation or a projection that there will be three rate hikes this year. We got a reiteration that the committee still thinks that a gradual path of normalization in the Fed fund rates will be warranted versus a quickening pace. And we got the impression that the Fed isn't in a hurry to reduce its balance sheet. So it was a benevolent rate hike. Uh, good for financials. The stock market responded in kind. Financial sector underperformed in a noticeable fashion, though it was you know pinched by the flattening yield curve. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how the financial sector acts today. So if it's able to say, let's rally into this, or if it says, eh, let's show some restraint. The Dutch election, and is there even a Dutch national anthem? I don't know. There's many things in the world that I don't know. And I readily admit that. Um... I know money well. I know investing well. So the Dutch election, nothing really happened. So the populist party didn't come into power a lot, like a lot of people had feared. And that's 
papered some concern about a populist victory by Marie Le Pen in the upcoming French election. People are freaked out by that. When 60 Minutes does a piece on it, it tells you that people are freaked out about it. Next on 60 Minutes, will Marie Le Pen bring back Nazism into France? So oil prices continue to rebound on the back of favorable inventory. Good. Good. Check. Oracle topped third quarter consensus expectations and provided some reassuring guidance. Uh, Don't bet against Larry Ellison. He of the great knife fight. He of the great sailboat races. He of the great Oracle. President Trump said in a Fox interview that he doesn't think that it's fair that capital gains and wages are taxed at the same rate. So we get a little tax talk. Tax talk. The Bank of Japan, the Bank of England, the Swiss National Bank, and the Norgies Bank all left their key policy rates unchanged. Salut! Um, so with the economic data this morning, jobless claims fall. Good, 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 good. Um, housing starts jumped. We're in it to win it. So the housing claims, uh, housing starts jump 3%. Building permits decrease 6.2%. That's a little bit of a shocker. Hey, I'm trying to work in here. Can you turn that thing off? Thank you. Um, big key takeaway uh, was, again, permits increased for single-family permits, but not for multifamily units. Uh, single-family starts up 6.5%. The weekly initial jobless claims, again, anything under 350, 400,000 is a good number, and we've been under it for a long time. It is tough to say that there's... In, well, no, no. It's easy to say there's something wrong with uh, the jobs in America. But the numbers lie, because the numbers are looking great, as my friend Tony once said. So, a little bit of a slowdown in the Philadelphia Fed Index. I know, you're saying, how many Fed Indexes are there? There's at least seven that I can count, if I had a seven-hand finger, or a seven-fingered hand, that's what I meant. Who has a seven-handed finger? Ooh, gross, I'd rather have a seven-fingered hand, way better. But the Philadelphia Fed Index, it dropped. And that's not going to bother anyone because it wasn't a big drop. And it, you know, it doesn't show tremendous weakness um, in any way, shape, or form. So that's what we got today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and men, uh, over in the world of, over in the world of basketball, uh, we got March Madness today. So I know, like, why am I even doing this show? People are mad right now. They're angry at basketball. If you're an NCAA college basketball fan, the next three weeks is like Christmas for you. You got opening games today and tomorrow. Brackets have been filled out. Live streams have been set up. CBS Online is ready. Who's going to win it all? Obama has the answers. He thinks North Carolina. But while you bask in your basketball heaven, 
employers, your bosses, ah, not so much. They, they look at you and they're like, I'm losing a lot of productivity right now. But they kind of almost have to suck it up and go, okay, Joe, who do you got in the brackets? And your name's Joe, and you go, uh, I got North Carolina winning it all like Obama. And the bosses almost have to suck it up with the employees at this point in time, even though, listen to this, the American Gaming Association says about 40 million people are going to fill out more than 70 million brackets with an average wage of $29 per bracket. Um, about 51 million office workers join the pools. Based on the country's average hourly wage of $25.35, the outplacement consultancy firm known as Chancellor Gray and Christmas estimates employers will lose about $1.3 billion in pay due to slacking employees per hour of distraction. So go ahead, go ahead, gather in the break room, watch a little basketball, cost your employers $1.3 billion, and make America weak again. Okay. I think you're going to have to work this weekend to make up for uh, the lost productivity. Okay. I never once saw one episode of The Office. Do you want to hear shocking? I never saw one episode of Seinfeld. Is that upsetting to you, or are you okay with that? My mic is really hot today. Just saying. And by mic, you know what I mean, right? Right. Okay. Okay, my mic is really hot today. I'm going to put on my faux meek. Dance around the apartment. Going to do my best French impression. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Tesla puts a billion dollars in its tank. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Disney's in a bit of a pickle right now. Government censors have ordered um, that a brief gay-themed scene be cut in the studio's refusal means that the film won't open in Malaysia as scheduled. Now, I find it just shocking that we live in a world that has a problem with a man having a man crush on another man. I haven't seen the scene. I don't know how graphic it is or not from what I assume of Beauty and the Beast. It's, oh, isn't he wonderful? Now, the whole movie is about a woman and a, a furry animal falling in love, and no one seems to have problems with that. 
I find that odd. You have to sing along, don't you? I just wish we could cut the woman's voice out of this song, because I like the guy's voice, but not the woman's voice. Are you with me? <laughs> it's awful. Okay, okay, okay. You're going to hear a lot of Beauty and the Beast in the next couple of weeks, as that's going to be the biggest movie of the month. Um, so that's not going to go away, and your kids are going to go, Man, yeah, that would be Beauty and the Beast. You're going to be like, but it's $10. You're going to be, yeah. So Disney in a bit of a pickle at this point in time. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to see if we can't get some integrity put back into this segment. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's our house financial planner for Rob Black and your money. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of the questions that I get, Chad, on a regular basis are people who are trying to get the best stock, the best return on stocks, trying to beat the markets trying to get yields for their cash that's higher than, you know, 0 to 1%, trying to chase performance. Let's talk about chasing performance, chasing yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I, I tend to say that anything over 6% is going to get start getting dangerous on you as far as income-oriented investing. Well, it's more than that now. So, I mean, if you're looking at some of the ETNs um, or ETFs that are in the muni bond area yep. and they're yielding over 4%, likely they're leveraged, okay. meaning they're borrowing money somewhere to buy even more so they can keep the yield up. So if you have any kind of a credit situation, let's say um, you know budget deficits of California get worse or uh, Spain and Italy become the next Greece, which looks like it could very well happen, um, and you have some sort of credit event, you could see those funds lose 10 to 15%. Um, High-yield bonds, you know, the... Those are really considered the other alternative name for high yield bond is junk bond. They're right. lower credit ratings, and again, you can see those move just like stocks in value. I bought a lot of high yield stuff in convertible bonds in early 2009 that had 30 percent returns, and then I sold them. Um, still own actually a little bit now uh, because most funds to keep their interest rates above four percent own high yield and foreign bonds and some common stocks now. So um, you know people's portfolios are more have higher beta now than they think. And we've seen entire firms, you know, brought down like MF Global because they invested in Italian bonds a little bit too soon. Um, They're chasing performance. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Again, they went down for other reasons, but chasing yield can bring you down and it can bring you down hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Franklin Templeton, one of the best foreign bond funds, they really stumbled in the first, uh, last part of 2011, uh, went into Irish bonds and things like that too early. So, People stumble. And that's the other thing, too, Rob. Really, people need to be very careful of when you go through a period of increasing interest rates on being in really popular bond funds. Those are the funds where people cash out because they get scared, forcing the bond manager to sell bonds that they don't want to sell. You know, a lot of times if you hold the bond to maturity, you're going to end up being okay. But if your investors are dying for their money and you're forced to sell the bond at a loss, your NAV or your bond fund is going to fall. When do you think people should just say no to bond funds? Ever? Uh, Well, if you're at a stable interest rate environment um, or rates are high and they look like they're coming down, buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. Um, Right now, I like the liquidity. We've de-risked our bond portfolio, though, to go to some really well-managed, much smaller funds so we don't have to 
um, and even less known funds, so we don't have to deal with that run on bonds if in 12 months you know interest rates start to rise. Um, I would like to buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity, but the level that I have to buy them at, there's so many bonds out there paying at a premium. Okay. So in other words, you're going to pay 103 to 105 dollars for a bond that's going to mature at 100 dollars in five years. Have you ever considered um, like a, a Ford bond or a GM bond? Because we we kind of assume those companies aren't going to go out of business. Yeah, but again, we're keeping an eye on our managers and make sure that they can get better prices than we can. Okay. You know what I mean? And an individual basis, and that's where you. Wait, wait. You said, do you know what I mean? And you looked at me like I know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said there. Okay, so well, when an individual buys a bond right. from a market maker, right? A lot of times you're paying a, a premium for a bond, and if you're buying at such a small level, you're going to get a much worse price than a Pimco or somebody else that's a market maker in those areas. You I know what I mean? Big as Pimco? No, you're not as well. You're a lot bigger than Bill Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the self. You, you might have sixty pounds on that guy. He's, he's a little. He's a little yoga guy. You he just went from, himself backwards. You just that. went from subtle to not very subtle. <laughs> he's a little yoga guy. Have you met him? It, well, no. I think it's well known that he does like two hours of yoga a day or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing I can tell you about Bill Gross is that mustache just flips me out. When he has it, it flips me out. When he shaves it, it flips me out. Comes and goes. So anything else that we need to know about this topic on chasing yield? No, I think just people have to, you know, quarterly keep an eye on their bond funds and what's in them. Uh, a lot of bonds, funds that we own and were successful with, we had to sell because we were getting prospectuses saying they were going to start buying more common stocks. I've talked about this before, and I think this is going to be a theme through 2012. Um, and, uh, again, you look, I would rather own the individual bonds when interest rates are high and coming down. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what my bond managers are doing in my funds. It's good stuff. It's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at New Focus Financial. Dot com. Oracle's cloud business is driving revenue growth. Um, room, 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 driving it. Uh, cloud is obviously something that Oracle missed. They dominated databases in the 90s and early 2000s. And they kind of dominated that relationship, getting you entrenched in their their hardware software and then you not being able to pull out of it. Revenue from cloud computing and new software licenses are a fraction of Oracle's massive software license uh, updates and product support business. Uh, but the cloud and on-premise software operations generate about $7.37 billion in sales, jump about 4%. Redwood City-based California Oracle, right across the street from where I live. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, money, money. And more money. A lot of good information at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Find more about me at robblackshow.com. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. Robot. The acclaimed Czech playwright, Carl Kapik, back in 1890-ish, maybe 1905-ish, he made the first use of the word robot when he was coming up with the idea of forced labor or surf in his, like surf is it not surfing, but as a indentured surf and uh, someone who works for others, a serf. He was a candidate for the Nobel Prize, and he was very influential and prolific. He came up with many big words. Um, but the word robot was introduced in his play, R-U-R. I know you're saying that. I remember that play. That was a big, big-time ticket back in 1921, back in Prague. And my listener base of people from Prague in 1921 is huge. So I know you're saying 1921, first use of the word robot. Robot. Who doesn't love a dancing robot for the record? Just between you and me. Anyhow, and anyway... Anything that you want to talk about today, we can talk about money investing and more. Taking a look at some of the big stories of the day, Tesla's pulled a billion dollar in a stock offering and put it in its tanks. Um, basically, they got to fuel that coming Model 3 entry-level sedan that carries uh, high hopes. As little orphan Annie once said, we have high hopes. Uh, the stock offering which uh, includes $250 million in common stock and $750 million in convertible senior notes, is due in 2022. So uh, Tesla's not making money. They're borrowing money. They're in the business of borrowing and losing money. If you thought they were in the business of making money, you'd be like, no. No, they borrow, lose money, and deliver sweet cars. Although, I'll be honest with you, they're kind of cliche already, aren't they? First time I saw Tesla, I was like, that's a nice vehicle. And uh, one time I had a seven-year-old kid in my car. And you're saying, why do you have a seven-year-old kid in your car? That doesn't sound... I'm calling the authorities. And he goes, my daddy has a Tesla. And I wanted to punch the kid because he was being snobby. (laughs) Right? And I was like, your daddy's got a bad French accent. And he goes, but my daddy's from France. I'm like, still, it's a bad French accent. My daddy has a Tesla. Okay. I got a VW Passat. A Passat. A nice, reliable automobile. Since then, it's blown up. This takes me back to my time in 1921 when I was in Prague. And I was seeing the play R.U.R. Have I told you that story before? I was watching the Czech playwright Karl Kajpik first come up with the use of robot, which was tied towards forced labor. See, robots do forced labor. Robots are going to deserve their own union at some point in time. Am I wrong? Let's bring in Tony Mendez just try to dig out of this mess of a show. Tony, Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez. BayAreaLoanSource.com We've got a caller. Let's go to a caller. 800-516-1220. Satin deep in San Jose. Yeah. Uh, my question is... Uh 
I went to this retirement planning seminar and they were talking about death bonds. Uh-huh. Uh, do you think uh, that's a good vehicle or is is that a good idea or what 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 are your thoughts? Who hosted this retirement planning seminar? Uh, there was some uh, I forget the name. There was uh, some uh, retirement guy who was doing he was doing annuities and then even about this. So annuities are the most vile product I've ever seen. They're mismanaged, they're misused. Um, they're not appropriate for 99% of people that they're sold to. Okay, so I like the guy a lot so far. You don't know his name, and he sells annuities. And he also wants to put you in death bonds? What else is he selling? <laughs> uh, deep. Don't, be a stu- don't be a stupid man. You've already told me enough. You don't remember his name. Um, he doesn't work with a legitimate company. And he sells a product that that pays him enormous. Death bonds are a type of bond that are based on groups groups of life insurance policies. Individuals will sell their life insurance policies to the investment companies and they'll package those together. Um, the pros on them is that they can be give you big, big profits. The cons are is that they give the guy who's putting the package together lots of commissions. They're not regulated by the government. Once they are regulated by the government, it can basically take your investment to zero. Um, FINRA says, and FINRA is one of our insurance groups that tries to protect people like you, says that death bonds are a bad idea and you're leaving yourself very susceptible for a scam and or fraud. So I would avoid like the plague and the idea of benefiting from someone else's death. eh, I'm okay with that. Um, I own shares of Philip Morris and, you know, people smoke and they're going to die and get cancer. My dad died of cancer. So I get it. Uh, but I would stay away. The fact that you can't even remember his name tells me he's a, a guy who basically rode into town and rides out of town with a fistful of dollars in his pocket based on selling annuities and life uh, death bonds. So I would avoid, avoid, avoid. It's not regulated. If it's regulated, you'd see, you know, um, you know, our government, the SEC, FINRA say, oh, yeah, you filed your taxes on time. Oh, yes, you paid people back what you said they'd pay back. Uh, but right now, you're just going on his good word and faith. I, I would avoid. Thanks for the call. So, um, now that's not always going to be a problem. But when it is, it's a problem you don't want to have. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. So, we got that going for us. Yeah, that's kind of scary that he, he doesn't know his name. Yeah. And the, when I heard the word annuity, he kind of said it under his breath because I think he... And most people who listen to your show know your stance on annuities. So, oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you got that out of them because it kind of give, really gave you the character of who, the people who are out there. And it's the same in real estate. We were talking about real estate investment clubs. And there's a lot of people that are just trying to pull people together so they can help themselves get money from you and yeah. do their own ideas. And There's one real estate investment group that there's two or three people that are associated with it. And any time I hear their professional names as part of a speech or something like that, I'm like, I'm, I don't want to go there. I don't want anything to do with it. One of them is an attorney who does the registration of the property. One of them is uh, – I don't want to get too close because a lot of these people will circulate on a regular basis and they know that I'm talking about them. Um, but with that being said, the real estate investment clubs scare the hell out of me because, honestly, it's the clientele. You just look at it and you say, okay, these guys aren't making it on their own. They're they're hoping someone's smarter than them, and that's where you get yourself into a lot of trouble when you start assuming people are smarter than you. So that's when you start having that Buddha on the mountain, the guru on the mountain. Um, I've got a friend who, <laughs> she's divorced, and she's dating a guy from 
Morgan Stanley. And I'm like, oh, he's a loser. Oh, he's a vice president at Morgan Stanley, she says. I'm like, what does vice president mean? It means he's a salesperson. So he sells product. And I'm like, let's bring back the, um, you know, uh, Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Let's go back to the 90s when, you know, uh, vice presidents at Morgan Stanley were alive and roaming the earth. Uh, (laughs) They are very few and far between at this point in time. And they're basically, uh, yeah, yeah, they get access to high net worth people, but they're not very smart as far as what product they they push and, and communicate. Uh, that's one of the reasons I like working with CFP, Chad Burton. It is a very smart designation, the CFP, but vice president. So Mike Pence is vice president. What does that mean? That tells me everything, right? Who was the vice president that no one liked? Um, George Bush's? Uh, the guy from Iowa. Dan Coyle. Hmm. So I saw him at the inauguration the other day, and oh boy. Some men age like wine, and some men age like cheese. And he aged like cheese. Very <laughs> tootin'. Not very well. So, um, back to you and, and real estate. What I hear that inventory is incredibly low. My hometown, incredibly low. And I wonder how real estate agents make it. And a lot of times they're pulling together with other real estate agents and having teams. And I'm like, okay, so you're not really a real estate agent. You're one-fifth of a real estate agent. Um, what are you seeing as far as some of the trends out there? Well, you hit the you hit it right on the nose, Rob. Inventory is low. It I think it is the one and main driving force of home prices in the Bay Area because we still have plenty of buyers. The Bay Area is pulling in many many high paying jobs. Uh, it leads the nation in over one hundred thousand dollar paying jobs. We're seeing a lot more uh, couples buying houses or dual incomes, uh, which is really you know a couple you see. 125,000 times two, 250,000 can buy a pretty decent sized house. Down payments aren't a big issue right now because a lot of products out there will allow 5%, 10% down, even on the jumbo level. So a lot of people are jumping into these houses um, with high level incomes. So uh, inventory is the issue, and I think it will continue driving unless we see some sort of pullback for some reason. Thanks very much. That's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I don't refer to it as March Madness. I refer to it as March Sadness. I've seen, since I was a little child, this tournament play out, and it's pretty darn toot and exciting, right? Darn toot and it's exciting. But to me, I just see money every time I turn it on. $8.2 billion for uh, sponsorships. And I just think about Coca-Cola and Capital One, and like we're pushing credit cards and sugary water. As big products, AT&T got and get a $90 phone bill for the whole year. We're trying to let networks like Turner Broadcasting and Turner Sports pretend to be like a real station, TNT, TBS, and True TV. We know they're not real stations, but they pony up $10.8 billion. We're like, hey, you're a real station. I'll watch one basketball game a year on your station. It's March sadness. There's nothing happiness. There's no madness. There's nothing good about it. Black now. 800 516 1220. 
That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. As the snake said in the Jungle Book, trust me. For the record, men, that's not a good thing to do on a first date. Don't, don't quote the snake from the Jungle Book. Trust me. Come into my apartment. Trust me. I've got a 3D TV. <laughs> Who tells people they got 3D TVs? Let's bring in Juliet. Uh, she's on the telephone. How are you, Juliet? Hi, Rob. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. So my question is this. What products are out there that I, as an individual, can um, either purchase like a CD or something that's going to pay high interest that's better than a savings account at a bank? Oh, good God. Why do you want high interest? I don't know. Something called retirement or buy something for my kids. Okay. Oh, you just said a dirty word. i got to bleep you. Bleep me. You said you can, kids. Me, I can give you more stuff to bleep. <laughs> okay, so give me some. Give me a little more color on you. Clearly, you're a woman. Um, are you married? I'm recently divorced from an deeply deep that works at Tesla. Okay. Um, what you're looking for high yield? Do you have a lot of money? Or are you talking like you need to park it so it can like give you some income, or you just want to park it where it's not earning zero? I want to park some of it where it's not earning zero. I mean, I have different types of accounts. I have my 401k that I'm contributing to the max. And then I have an IRA. And then I have some stock that I'm going to sell off and I want to park. Send me an email, Juliet, Rob, at robblackshow.com. And I'll give you some more ideas. But what I'm doing, and I kind of assume that we're a similar age, is I don't park money in a bank to earn interest. I'll park money in something like an S&P 500 value fund, uh, where I'm getting 2 to 3%, but that's not very exciting or sexy, 2 to 3%. No. And when you start, go- when you start going for that 6% sexy kind of income, that's mm-hmm. when you start putting your money at risk in, as far as volatility goes. Um, so I don't know if that's exactly what you want to do either. So I don't know if you really want to earn income off money that's part versus you want to have your money grow so that you can retire. Um, if it's money that you're going to be using to put a deposit on a house, then yeah, you want it to be safe and earn some interest, but you don't want it to earn too much because the more you look, as you go above 2 to 3% returns in yield, you're starting to get more risk in the short-term equity movement of your equity. Uh, so yeah, I'd be cautious that's on my that. Goal. Is I have a home here in Silicon Valley, and I want to buy something out in Sacramento area and the nicer area, kind of as a retirement location. But I'm not going to sell what I have here. Don't buy near the Oroville Dam. That's my advice. Um, no, no, Eldorado <clears throat> Hills is what I'm thinking. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> you can also. Um, I'm gl- so you're basically parking money until you buy a home. It sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would go if you're ta- if you're thinking three to five years, I'd go like with a value fund. If you're thinking under five years, I would just keep it in cash and earn almost nothing on it, uh, because you really never know how the market. I mean, if Trump gets assassinated, if it, like so many things can move that that equity investment. Um, so I wouldn't go that direction. I'd probably get investigated by the Secret Service for saying that, but. 
Uh, long story short, I, I don't think I have the right answer for you, and thanks for the call. So, Juliet's divorced. Uh, she said the dirty word. She's got kids. Um, and she's thinking about parking money so that she could buy a house in El Dorado Hills. Um, I don't know how much. See, that, I, sometimes I need a little more information or a lot more information to give specific advice. But I myself, if I'm parking money for a scenario like that, I'm going to go more conservative and go more cash or CD-like and not worry about the interest rate because we're in a low interest rate world right now, and that's just a fact jack. Um, so you're not going to, if you earn a little bit, you're not going to learn a lot. But if you want it to expose it to a little more risk, you're going to get a little more yield. And that's when you start looking at like a S&P 500 value fund or something like a low volatility fund. Um, but again, I'd have to know a little bit more. And, you know, that recently divorced angle tells me that she should be cautious, um, only because she's looking for an instrument to park money at, and that kind of concerns me. Um, it's new money. She might be new to you know the concept of investing short-term, mid-term, long-term, and that's just me being incredibly sexist. Um, there's no right answer here. I wish I had a little more information. So I'm not sure. Um, you know, buying in California is a retirement angle. You know, she owns a home here in Silicon Valley, which means if she did well, um, which brings up a lot of questions, you know, in divorce. Uh, I'm a fan of going after the 401k in divorce versus going after the house, because you can always buy a house literally in El Dorado Hills. Um, I think also a bigger question for Juliet is, what the hell is in El Dorado Hills? So... When I retire, I don't like a lot of people. I just like one person. I want the love of my life near me. Um, I don't want a retirement community. Some people are tired of their love of their life and don't want to be anywhere near that person. So has El Dorado Hills got a retirement community? Does it have your parents? Does it have friends and family? Um, does it have nurses? Um, those are some questions to start thinking about. And as a recently retired woman, if you own a home in Silicon Valley, I don't know if you need to be parking money for mortgage because then you're starting to think about owning two properties and make sure your 401k is where it needs to be or your retirement nest egg. Uh, just saying, there's a lot of things in there. So, Juliet, drop me an email, robertroblackshow.com, and just tell me you were on the air today. And, uh, sometime in the next 72 hours, I'll dedicate some time to giving you a better answer and getting some more answers from you. And congratulations on the divorce. So don't go to Vegas and have a fling. <laughs> don't go to Vegas and spend a lot of money. Do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.